Hi, I'm Abby Fangold, and you're listening to State of the Republic Podcast. Welcome, Sacramento, to your State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis, and today joining me on this interview is podcast mom Sharon and Jared. First, let's go to Sharon. How's it going? Hey, daylight savings time changed last night, and I'm still tired. It should be the other way around, right? In the spring, when we, like, jump ahead an hour, that's when you're supposed to be tired. But for some reason, today is, like, that tired. But I am doing well. We had a weekend of uh, some interesting soccer. I can't wait to interview our guests. But real quick, on the teaser of the interesting soccer, a couple of our dreams came true. You know, since Sac Republic's no longer in the running, but we we have some hidden dreams. Jared, how you doing? Daylight savings time? Is that that's a new, new sort of a street drug or something? <laughs> oh, that's right. Arizona. No, I, I'm, I'm doing excellent. I mean, didn't really have to worry about touching the uh, the clocks or anything like that. But I uh, was definitely happy with last night's results where uh, Phoenix took a massive L. So I'm definitely happy for that. As well as our, our, our man, Roro, playing a role in that. So I, I'm definitely loving that. So... It's an excellent morning so far. I mean, this is definitely going to be a great day. Thanks to last night. Are you looking forward to hearing a little bit about Abby Feingold, one of our local hometowns? Absolutely. I mean, you don't really hear much about uh, California Storm, which is a shame because, you know, really there there should be more more out there about them. And and also Abby, not only being from Lincoln, but also playing overseas in France for for Olympique de Marseille. Hey, Luis, how you doing, bud? Did you hear how he said that? Did you hear how Jared said it? It was like butter rolling off his tongue. Your turn. It's as if Jared actually speaks French. He just uh, doesn't want to speak it as much to us. But, you know, if you if you decide to do that, please, please do so. Because I want to, like, improve my French. So, <laughs> uh, well, I'm doing good, too. I mean, just like you two, really happy about seeing Phoenix lose yesterday. And not just that, but seeing our good old Roro scoring a really awesome goal i mean when i saw that goal it it brought me flashbacks to miracle at bonnie right it was like that same situation (laughs) all of us had that oh my god and a celebration was just as powerful right oh yeah definitely he knew he knew exactly what he had done when he did that he knew that that was the shot in the arm anyhow so are you (laughs) excited to interview abby Really excited. Uh, I mean, you know, I've known Abby already for a little over a year. And, and just the fact that she just got signed up to play in France and all that goes about with that. I mean, it's it's so awesome to see her hard work get paid off. And I know she's played with other countries before, but I mean, you're playing for the Olympique team and that's that's no easy feat, right? I mean, this is one of the top French clubs and to, to be there, to be playing for them. I mean, it's got to be something else. And I'm really excited to hear of how it's been in just a couple of months of being with them and adapting to a language as we talk French here as well. So it should be really great and really looking forward to this interview. So let's get started. Joining us today on the State of the Republic podcast is a former Lincoln High right here in California fighting zebra goalkeeper who's played in Israel and Japan and now is currently playing for Olympique de Marseille, Abby Fingold. Abby, how's it going? It's going really great. Glad to be here with you guys on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for being on. I know the time difference is uh, it's a little bit 
different, right? And I think what is it, 8 p.m. right now over there? Or I know. Yeah, it's nine hours. So it was nice before you guys had the time change, where it's still just eight hours, and then you guys had to get on over with us. So back to nine. But yeah, it's not too bad right now. 8 p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for spending your Sunday evening here with us. And so let's get right to it. Uh, this is one question that I, I like to ask any goalkeeper that I meet and more so because I, I know I never do goalkeeping. Uh, that was the one position that I didn't even want to even, even practice at being at. <laughs> so tell us more about, you know, how goalkeeping became your thing. How did that come about? Yeah. I mean, I think growing up, all the the little kids kind of get thrown into the goal and a lot of them get bored, like doing cartwheels, catching bugs, whatever. Um, but I just had a blast in it. Um, and then it wasn't until I was about 10 or 11 where I wanted to take it a bit more seriously just because um, I, I liked being able to use my hands to jump around in the air. It was a lot of fun just to use like all of my athleticism at that age. I already knew. Um, so I just stuck with that. And then I became a full-time goalkeeper by the time I was about 11 and, uh, just really fell in love with like the specific goalkeeping training. Um, just watching the position when I would watch, uh, professional games, men's and women's. So it was just something I kind of clung to and I've stuck with ever since. Man, that's so cool. That's so cool. Now I having played for 30 years myself as an, a more of an adult, um, the <laughs> goalkeeping is really, really different. You almost have to have a trigonometric brain, right? You have to know trigonometry. You have to know angles better than anybody else, right? Because um, you have to, you have to know your space with, you know, with the pole, all the poles, and then your players and the attackers. So it's kind of like you're a mini computer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on in my brain during the match. It's not just watching the soccer ball is thinking about every possible move that can happen. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing stuff. I've, I've always got to give props to anybody who decides that that's the position they want to play because there is so much that has to happen. So aside from this interview, potentially, um, what has been the fit your most favorite interview you've done so far in your, in your professional career? We're curious about that. Uh, it's always nice doing interviews. Uh, I usually try to do like one um, for my signings uh, with a local newspaper in Lincoln um, with uh, a student or former student that was a couple years younger than me. So that's always nice to do something locally like that. Um, and then uh, it's great doing with the, the Sac Republic team like you guys. And then I think my favorite has been with the California Storm this past summer. We did a couple different ones with some major media outlets in the Sacramento area to promote the team and um, individual players in our area. So that was really great, especially since not everyone had been competing because of COVID. So I think there's a lot more attention on us and it showed at our games where we had such amazing crowds there. That's excellent. Uh, so, so ultimately, I mean, how's it like to play for for the Marseille women's soccer team? I mean, are there any differences as far as playing in France or Israel in the states for a women's soccer team compared to what it might be for for uh, say a men's team? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think all my experiences have been pretty different. Um, I would say the level here in France is the highest that I've played at. 
uh, even though it's Division Two, the level of women's soccer in France is one of the best in the world, which is why uh, in the first division you have teams like Lyon, PSG, Femme, uh, Perry FC, they're some of the top in the world. So that trickles back down into Division Two, where you get a lot of really talented players that have played at Division One or uh, developing into Division One. Um, there's still a bit of room to grow as far as comparing the men's and women's side of the clubs. Uh, luckily at Marseille, it is a pretty big club for the men. So they're really starting to invest more and more in the women's side. Uh, hopefully, if we promote up this season, then we'll get a little bit more uh, resources as far as that goes. But right now, uh, being partnered with the club Marseille and the men's side is really beneficial to us. Um, I know a lot of the smaller club, clubs can struggle a bit more, but as far as uh, the situation here, it's really good. Puma is a great sponsor for us. Um, we have all the resources that we need as far as the coaching. We have great grounds to train on, so I can't complain about that. Man, that's fabulous. Sorry, I'm, I'm loving hearing this. And with you in the net, let's just hope that, you know, the promotion occurs. I, I love hearing this. Yeah, that's the goal. They've really tried to build the women's program up. They've struggled a bit um, the last few years. They worked their way to Division One. Unfortunately, they got relegated back down in Division Two, and then they've just really been focusing on building the academy, developing uh, players within. And then, unfortunately, last year, because of COVID, there wasn't a Division Two season. So uh, this is kind of a rebuilding year for most teams, but they're trying to find their stride this year. Hopefully we can uh, compete for that promotion in Division One. Um, if we can't, then at least finishing top three would be great too and just show that we're ready for that next step the next year. You know, you do a really good job pulling back the curtain and letting us peek into, you know, the behind the scenes. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with how you've, you've shared this. So you're going to, we've got a lot more questions and really enjoy hearing you you know, give your interpretation of a lot of things. So keep going on that vein. It's, it's really, really cool. Abby. Yeah. And now they have you too, right? So it's, it's great. And you now we're really looking forward to seeing you in, in division one. And I'm so glad that they're making so much investments, right? Like you mentioned Puma and the fact that you're in really good training grounds. I mean, that's, that's really great, right? To see how much progress has been made there. And I have no doubt that, you know, y'all are going to make it to, to first division with, with all that. So definitely have the potential there. That's for sure. Cool. So before we actually started recording, um, <laughs> we were actually here <laughs> speaking very basic French and, and Jared is, is like the French guy here really. Uh, he's, he's, the one who, he's got his French on point. Um, well, and Luis and I can count to 10. <laughs> Luis and I can count to 10, okay. the, although I think Luis can get to almost 20. Yeah. Oh, I, actually, I could get to a hundred. What? Th- yeah, yeah. Well, up to well, up to offline. Actually, <laughs> well, as, as, as far as my French, I mean, I, I probably could stand to order uh, some poutine and maybe a pint of La Fin du Monde in, in Montreal. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll see. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, they're they they say that the Canadian French isn't real French, so. You might have yeah. a, a tough time over here with that. Oh. Yeah. Ouch. All right. All right, Jared, I'll have to rethink what I just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, it's kind of like they say that Mexican Spanish is not really Spanish either. Because oh, I know yeah. how to speak Spanish, but then when it's like I don't know how to speak. And Luis will tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. so funny. Okay, that, cool. That, that's true. I, I, I can attest to that. I know if I go to Spain, yeah, they would make fun of us too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, with that in mind, uh, how has it been like for you to adapt you know, to this new language? And how's your French going in just a short amount of time that you've been there? well i mean playing in japan and israel before this really set that bar uh high as far as being able to understand and not just like listening and speaking but reading or writing and i mean it was kind of hopeless for me in japan and israel just because there are two different languages with completely different alphabets and sounds so i really had no chance to learn those languages just pick up few words here and there. So here I'm super excited where I have a a really great opportunity to pick up another language. Um, I studied a little bit of Spanish in school, which is, I found helped me a little bit with French. There's some commonalities with certain words and the conjugations and all that. Um, So it's really nice just being able to like look at a menu and actually be able to guess what I'm ordering versus before I would just look down at the symbols and have no idea and Google Translate couldn't even help me. So um, it's been great also because the club's uh, getting me French lessons. So I started that up a couple weeks ago. I'm in my second week of it. I'm practicing on Duolingo. So picking it up um, about two months in. So I know definitely a lot more than when I started, but have a ways to go. Um, but there are, are quite a few girls on the team that helped me. And there's another American on the team that has played in France for about four years. So she can translate for me, which is super helpful. Um, so if I can't kind of piece together what the coach or what people are trying to say, she can help me out with that. So you are a fighting zebra, Luis Q, the graphic mm-hmm. and fighting zebras. We had no idea that zebras fought, but if you are from Lincoln and a fighting zebra, you're going to do this. You are going to overcome. But we didn't know that zebras actually fought until we looked it up because we're like going, a fighting zebra. So, <laughs> so Abby, right? You are from Lincoln and you're a fighting zebra. You guys don't give up, right? You don't give up easy. You fight. So you're fighting your way to learn all these things and look at you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people usually don't really look at us as a threat, you know, zebra, all they're kind of cute like horses. But yeah, I mean, they, they can fight like this image here and, you know, they're they're pretty crafty animals. There you go. So back to the interview. Thanks, Louise, for, for sharing that because we talked quite a bit before the interview about we're the only the, the only high school with that mascot in the entire country. See, you oh. are very unique. It's like a you're almost a unicorn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were to be the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's so cool. Yeah, we were we were definitely um talking about it. We had to Google it because we were like, is that how's that? Like, is, is that actually a thing? And you know, I, I thought yeah, it was probably it, just uh it just like uh it had to do, I can't remember. Um we heard why that became fighting zebra, but I think it had to do with like referees uniforms back when the school first opened you know they have the stripes there was kind of a play on that but it just kind of evolved into what it is today 
Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it's really cool that I had no idea it was like the only uh, high school with that mascot, but that's, that's good. I think more high schools need to do that. Some of our high schools way too common, especially like bulldogs and wildcats. Yeah. Wildcat. <laughs> right. See, so so far, this has been a very educational interview. I mean, much like the rest of us, we had no idea about fighting zebras. I mean, the only the only case I could think of is maybe if uh, the, uh, a bad match happened over at the zebra club and uh, folks got a little too tipsy. <laughs> but, but see, now I know about these fighting zebras. So, you know, l- learn something new every day. Oh, my God. Abby, the, fi- the zebra club. You have a ha- do you know what that is? In Sacramento, do you know what that is? The Zebra Club? I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. All right. When you come back, if it if it works out, you've got to you go to the Zebra Club at least to say you've been there. Is it downtown? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're go- oh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you the link. <laughs> do I need an send- escort for anyone, or am I safe <laughs> by myself? Jared. Ah. <laughs> I mean. Oh, I'll put it this way. Um, uh, there, there's, there's particular club colors uh, that uh, s- uh, some patrons do wear over there. I mean, it, it's uh, pretty uh, popular for uh, soccer Saturdays and soccer Sundays. Okay. Okay. No one so cares what red? those colors are. Yeah, because I, I know a couple of folks on my friends list, they do go over there for, um, you know, to watch uh, English Premier League. So I'll have to figure out which exactly is the. Uh, proper clubs that they go for so that'll be another time (laughs) i mean being black and white i could think of a team that actually recently got a good boost in change let's just say that right so i wonder if that's i mean it probably will be as of next year with us talking about all these countries right and languages and all that um which of all the countries you played at outside of the u.s has been your favorite and which one would you say has been like the hardest one to adapt to they're all pretty hard to compare to each other um so they're all like very unique experiences i would say probably the hardest to adapt to was japan one because that was my first contract and like big trip away from home for i was there about four months um entirely different culture language and there's only one other american there with me so that was a bit tough at first to adjust to, but I had a great time overall. Um, and it was an amazing place. I would definitely go back in a heartbeat now that I know more about it as well. Um, and then Israel uh, was just kind of easier to adapt to just because of my second contract. There's more foreign players, actually had family there as well. Um, so able to kind of get in my rhythm there sooner. Uh, the style of play was a bit more like how it is in the U.S., like very direct and physical. So kind of more what I was used to as far as that goes. And then now here, um, being in actual mainland Europe is different than obviously being in Japan and then in Israel, which is somewhat Middle East. So, uh, I mean, it's great getting this experience here in in Europe. Uh, France has been a great country so far, especially here in the South. I haven't ventured up north really at all just because the schedule has been pretty busy, but it's beautiful here. There's the beaches, uh, the mountains. So actually kind of similar to what California is like. If you just go to Southern California, you go up to Tahoe. It's all just kind of in one city, which is great. Um, and then the girls are all very friendly. The coaching staff is really friendly. 
been nice that my goalkeeper coach has pretty good English. So uh, it's been an easy adjustment as far as uh, the soccer side of it. Style of play is a little differently um, than it is in the U.S. just because they're, I think, a bit more technical on the ball, passing back and forth and just finding that opening to go forward and then utilizing me a lot more as a goalkeeper, but also kind of like an 11th player on the field. So I'm just um, getting a lot more reps with my distribution as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that this is my third team, uh, it's kind of easier for me to adapt and just kind of be ready to go at a moment's notice and settle into a, a new life. You know, you just touched on this. And one of the things that I was I was curious about was with respect to your mentality to game. And it sounds like you're a sponge. Um, it's like which coaching style fits best with your mentality, but because it sounds like you're just a sponge, you have adapted really well to it. It, it almost like it doesn't really matter. Um, so, but of of the styles you've learned so far, including the storm, which one has fit best with your personal mentality of how the play looks for you? Yeah, I think I'm a little partial towards the storm just because. It's that American style soccer. We have really talented players all from the Sacramento area. So a lot of the girls I've grown up playing with or against are just a couple years older than me. So the chemistry was kind of there right from the get-go and everyone was on the same page as far as that goes. Um, And then it was just kind of like that mix where they're utilizing me when they needed to pass back to me. But also very direct with how we would attack the ball, but then we could also take a step back and just pass the ball around. So I feel like with the Storm, it was kind of a hybrid of more of that possession-based team and then more of that attacking direct style team. And then just a bit more of what I'm used to defensively um, as far as like how players are a bit more physical um, and communication-wise too, just because I found in the countries that I've played at, even here, sometimes the communication isn't always there from the defensive line, midfield line, forward line. Um, so it, it can be a little different. Um, and of course, that may be too with um, teams here um, getting foreign players. So sometimes there can be a little uh, problems with translation and things getting lost in there. So um, it just takes time to get build chemistry that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think with the storm, that's just what I'm most comfortable with, um, just because that was basically what I grew up with. Um, but here in France, I'm liking the style, I like being kind of more of an active role in how the team starts the attack um, and then just being kind of the backbone for when they need me as well. We love the word backbone. <laughs> Now, I know you'd mentioned uh, having a couple of American teammates, both uh, uh, at least the one in Japan and then also in, in France. And it's definitely uh, a, ma- a major, uh, major advantage to adjusting to life in a different country. Uh, but as, but keeping on the topic of teammates, uh, who were some of your favorite international teammates? Um, well, so here I have a teammate. Um, her name's Ashley. And she's a couple years older than me, and she's really awesome. She played uh, on a another Division Two team that had promoted up to Division One. Played there for a few years, so she's very experienced and knows what playing here in France is like. So she's been a really important resource for me as far as um, getting used to life here, uh, soccer and outside. 
Uh, and then uh, I got really close to my teammates in Israel. Uh, there was two Canadian teammates, one from Quebec and then one from Vancouver. So opposite sides of Canada. And one of them spoke French. So I wish she was here. She'd help me out a lot. Um, and then uh, there's another teammate there from Portland, which is where I went to college. So we clicked right away as well. So we had a really tight uh, friend group and we're all together basically from November to the end of May. So I built really great connections with them. And then in Japan, even though I was only there for four months, I built a really great connection with my teammate there who went to University of Arizona. I uh, was a couple years older than me and now she's living in Portland. So we touch base every now and then just to catch up and see how things are with each other. That's cool. So Abby, were there any, any players uh, that actually were born and raised in Japan or born and raised in Israel or currently born and raised in, in France that are starting to stand out as possible besties or people that you would, you know, stay in contact with as you go forward, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Just, um, most of my teammates in Japan didn't speak a lick of English, but we all connected like on social media <laughs> and we actually all found just ways to hang out and be able to communicate in person. So I still kind of keep up with them just on Instagram and Facebook. And then in Israel, um, because I was there for a bit longer, uh, about a season and a half, um, I connected to a, uh, most of the girls on the team from Israel and I still keep in contact with them. One girl just had a baby um, oh. and their season just started about the same time as us. So I try to keep up and watch games if I can of theirs. Oh. Uh, yeah. So there's a really great group of girls there. And then here in France, um, starting to build friendships, there's still a little bit of language barrier and I've only been here for two months, but everyone's been really nice. Uh, we all go to the men's matches together and watch those, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little different. Uh, just because I think it's a bit more of a professional environment. So a lot more people here kind of have things going on outside of soccer. Um, but we all try to kind of like hang out with each other while we can, or just kind of keep in communication throughout the day outside of training. That's, that's awesome. So l let's go ahead and, and take a, a break from Europe for a second. Let's go back to Sacramento <laughs> and, you know, let's have you talk about some of your, favorite memories with the storm and also give a shout out to some of your favorite storm teammates uh, who might be listening right now. Yeah. I mean, this season with the storm was special. Uh, I think we really took a step up as far as, um, you know, getting more fans there. We had the field that Davis legacy allowed us to use, which was great. It was like a little mini stadium. So we had like clubs, Plaster United, San Juan, American river, El Dorado, all those club players, boys and girls got a chance to see us play, which was great. Um, Puma stepped up with a huge sponsorship for us. So we got really cool kits. We got cleats, gloves, whatever. It was awesome. Um, we had a couple other sponsors like Honey Stinger, which supplied us with things before the game, like um, their energy waffles, all that. So that was great. And Jamie really marketed the team crazily good uh, as far as still kind of being in that COVID year, but getting people interested in outdoor games, which was great. And then getting like local vendors out there for pizza, beer, food, whatever. It was awesome. So fun for the whole family that way. Um, and yeah, I mean, the home games, each home game was just one of like my favorite experiences. It didn't matter 
I mean, I think we, we won every home game except our last one, but, um, or we had a tie in there too, but yeah, I mean, it was great. The crowd was always showing up for us, always cheering for us. And, um, a lot of the time that, that came in clutch and we were allowed to, we were able to score a goal because we fed off that energy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Cal Storm, there's so many talented players in the area, like, uh, with, uh, Hutchinson, who I played club with. Uh, she went to UC Irvine. She's an amazing player. Uh, it's kind of the first time that she had played with us uh, for the last few years. So it's great having her there. Um, Genevieve Drums, uh, she would drive up from Santa Barbara every weekend for our game. So that was crazy commitment right there. Uh, There's a few girls that came back from playing professionally. Sabrina Williamson, uh, she was playing professionally, came back. Um, and then a couple girls went on to play professionally after, uh, Riley, who was my center back. So, I mean, our defensive line was pretty set. Um, and then we also had a lot of, uh, weapons up front. Um, Jalen Cram, who's playing in Israel right now, she did awesome. So yeah, we, we just had a lot of talent out there for sure. That's crazy. Your recounting of that. And by the way, right now I got to give a, a shout out to Chrissy Getz. She is like a yep. huge She's a huge Storm fan. And I was her goalkeeper tries... trainer for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. She always tries to get uh, a lot of us to come out to Storm matches, especially mm-hmm. when she when she knew that there was no Republic game that interfered. She's like, come on, everybody, come, come, come. And, uh, yeah, I just have to give her massive props because she loves you guys. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's fabulous the amount of support that you had. And um, I don't know if you know Mark Torgerson. Um, no. Yeah, he's he's part of. I think he was at one point part of the uh, Davis Legacy crowd or the um, the men's side, the NPSL and men's side. But anyhow, no no biggie. Um, you can cut that one, Luis. <laughs> that was a false start. <laughs> Luis has to really yeah, edit. Uh, my- it was also really cool this year too. We had um, Bev Yanez on the team who had played with Seattle Rain. And then now she's actually an assistant coach with Gotham. So it was really cool having a pretty distinguished, and she went to Sac State. So it was great having a distinguished player like that um, at pretty much all of our games. And then uh, Janae Gonzalez, who had played in Mexico, and I also had played a bit with her in club. So uh, I think we kind of stepped up this year with having more players with professional experience or playing at top college colleges across the country too which is awesome it was great to see how those players did in their college seasons this season also that's so cool abby thanks for those shouts uh, shout outs um so I, I always have to ask this because you know we we all lament alongside any player that has an injury you know because that's part of the game is you get injured and so i have to ask this question what was your worst injury if you've even had one you know, what was your worst knock? I've been pretty fortunate with not having any really serious injuries that have sidelined me. It's pretty typical for goalkeepers where we jam our fingers, strain our fingers. So that's typically how bad it gets. Uh, I broke my thumb, but I didn't even know until like a month after I did it. And I had two games left in my college experience. So I was like, well, I'm going to play anyway. But uh, I think kind of the craziest one I had was, um, I think it was my sophomore year of college. I was going out for a ball at the top of the box 
and I went to dive on it and the forward came in and just did a slide tackle straight in my knee. And it wasn't Whoa. bad other than she hit the part where the, like the fluid for the joint is. And so it's called like the bursa sac. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, um, my knee just ballooned and it wasn't like it hurt, but it was more just because of the swelling. And I played the rest of the match on it. But then the days <sighs> after all that fluid was draining up and down my leg and I looked oh. like I just got like a battered with like a baseball bat or something just straight in the knee. Like my whole leg was just purple and blue. It was fun I, to watch oh. the process fun. of it. But um, yeah, I just, I just had to wrap it up and keep it compressed. <laughs> fun to watch. That's a quote. Yeah, I got this injury and it was fun to watch. <laughs> My trainer wanted me to come in every day to see the process. Yeah, that's so funny. So I blew out bursa sacs in my ankle and I still have the articulating cysts. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, trainers and doctors love classic love textbook it. injuries um, because then they learn from it. And you did that. You have you had a classic textbook bursa break, you know, explosion. And they love watching it. They love, they love the process of, of healing. So go figure. <laughs> yeah. I was a little panicked when my knee was like cupcaking over my sock during the game. I didn't really Ew. know what had, what had happened. You uh, told me didn't have to worry about it at halftime. So I was like, all right, I guess I can play the rest of the game. Oh. Ew. All right. Thank you for all of that. It's I love it. <laughs> no, because this is a podcast. So it's, it's, I like the, I like the visual cues so that people can like imagine what that was. Thank you for sharing. Really appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, for those that, that were trying to eat after, after, after <laughs> with that, we'll, we'll go on to a more uh, gastronomic friendly uh, question here. So with, with all the matches that you've played, uh, both here in the U.S. and uh, overseas, is there a favorite match of yours that stands out the most, uh, whether it be a, a win, tie, or a loss? I think uh, for each country, I would say Japan. Um, we were only there pretty much for the end of the season just to come in as backup if the team was in a relegation pool, and then also to play in the Empress Cup. Uh, so the game that was memorable for me was being able to play in the Empress Cup, which is like the national tournament that they have for all the teams there. So we got to play in uh, a big Olympic grade stadium up in the north of Japan, which was a great experience. Um, and then in Israel, uh, I think the game that comes to mind uh, for me is we're playing the team that went on eventually to win uh, the season. Uh, this season passed, but uh, they're the favorite. We went there to play an away game. We're probably not really expecting anything like a, a tie was going to be a win for us. And we were, we were in it. It was a one-to-one -one match. Um, they're pressing our back line quite a bit. I had to make a ton of saves. And then towards the end of the game, they get a penalty kick. And I was able just, and it was the girl that had scored their one goal. She scored like a banger from outside the box that went upper corner. And so she steps up to take the penalty kick. And I'm like, I can't let her get another one on me. Um, and she was a Brazilian player too, that had experience playing at the national level. So she was a really good player. 
Um, so I was like, okay, I'm just, I think she's going to go to my right and just like kind of reading her style of play and what she was doing. And I guess correctly, and I was able to make the save and secured the tie for us, which was big um, at that time. So that was a big game there. And then another big game for me there too was um, we kind of had a friendly rivalry with a few girls that were um, fellow Canadians of my teammates. Uh, There's like two or three of them on a different team called Emma Keffer. And we always competed against them and um, we're able to, to get the win over them. So that was an awesome experience. And again, that was another game where it was pretty back and forth and I had to get called upon quite a bit. Um, and then here so far, uh, it's, I think there's been a few games, but I mean, the clean sheet games have been great. I've been able to get four clean sheets in seven matches so far. So hoping to build on that um, since we have a pretty long season, got a ways to go. Um, I think our first win in season was probably the big one just because it is a way match um, against a pretty physical team had to make a few saves that kept us in the game and allowed us to get a goal towards the end of the game, which was great. Dang. Those are great. Those are great recaps. <laughs> those yeah. are great moments. Yeah. Super memorable. So on the note of goalie, my favorite thing watching training, cause I used to work for the Republic and I worked directly on the team side of things. My favorite thing ever is goalie wars. Do you, have you you've played goalie wars right do you like goalie wars yeah I haven't been able to play in a long time just because I've been on teams where there's only two or three other goalkeepers um but when I coach when I'm home I always try like every couple weeks I put the kids in keeper wars and just let them play it out because that was one of my favorite things when I was growing up uh, at club uh doing that so yeah I mean it gets really competitive and uh, it's just like a fun way to obviously improve and get reps, but then kind of like not have to think about doing it. You're just kind of going out there and playing. So this is so funny. We had a dream at one point in time that we were going to sponsor a, mm-hmm. a, a keeper turn a keeper wars tournament, right? But you know, it'd be like, huh? We would so, so wait a minute. So it would be like Rafe Bear would do the DJ Luis, I think. You said something about maybe bring Chanda's food truck out for the food or something like that. And then it's like, but Rain Bear also provides jello shots. So would we make the keepers do jello shots at the same time as Keeper Wars? So I don't know. Would you be down? I mean, yeah, I think that could make things interesting. And maybe you could have like punishment ones for if you lose a round and you're still in it, you got to take one. Yeah, I think that could be that could be uh, put in there, thrown in the mix. Luis, we really should think about doing something like this. This would be so much fun. All right, Sharon, uh, uh, we'll choose a park in Elk Grove. Let us know which one's the, the better one to do that, and we'll, we'll make it happen. It's in the summer when I'm home. Yes, exactly. Summer when you're home and you're not on contract with a, a local team or they do, like, allow some freedoms. I know that would be just – that would be so much fun. Oh, my God, <laughs> to have like that. We dream about things, and, you know, we talk about how fun it would be to do this, and I'm sure you could wrangle up some of your uh, your buddies, <laughs> your keeper buddies. You know, I don't know about the younger ones that are like the, you know, the younger keepers that are coming through that are just incredible because they can't drink, but, you know, they could – who knows? Apple juice. They <laughs> – there. 
Rafe Mer- Bear makes blue. What is it, Jared? The blue ones are yeah, alcohol the bl- free. The yeah, jello the bl- shots. Yeah, yeah the blue one. The blue ones are alcohol free. Yeah. Yeah. They can have their own field, the under twenty one field, and then the over twenty one field can be right there next. There week. you go. Yeah, there that you- works. I like it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so fun. So fun. So um, <laughs> on the. Sorry, I could. I, I'm just imagining this wonderful tournament if we could ever pull it off. Just um, all the Jello shots. <laughs> you know, it's like Rave Bear. If you're listening, you need to help put this together. And sometimes he does listen to the podcast, but then we also have other people like Mike McAninich. Oh, I can never say his name right. <laughs> uh, McAninich. Okay. It, right. Thank you, McAninich. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, he, maybe he can help us put something like this together because he does tournament stuff, but he is a, like a player, golf tournament player, but anyhow. Um, so Abby, you had mentioned in an interview with gold country media in 2019, I'm going to pull this one for you, um, that you can improve your game, uh, that about things you could to, could do to improve your game. So where are you now in your development? Where do you think you, you can improve in your game? Yeah, I mean, since that was 2019, I've had a couple years now to get a lot more trainings in um, in, uh, in Sacramento and then when I was playing in Israel and then now here in France. So, I mean, I think I've come a long way since then. Um, there's obviously still things that I want to work on, but the nice thing about being a goalkeeper is we peak when we're older uh, versus some of the field players, they kind of peak at that. 25-ish age goalkeepers we can kind of peak in that 27 28 29 and then you have keepers um like uh, Steph LeBay who just signed with PSG she's 33 32 so um it's nice kind of seeing where uh I've improved a lot since then and there's definitely a lot a uh, long way for me to go but in a good way so um yeah, I mean, I think the the teams that I've been on, I've been able to improve my distribution quite a bit just because I've been more challenged with that. Um, and then uh, the teams definitely rely on me kind of being more of a presence as far as coming out for crosses and corners and all that. So just getting more comfortable. As a tall goalkeeper, it's easier for me, but I also have to make the decision to go for it. So decision-making and confidence has definitely improved over the last few years, just being more sure of myself since I've had more experience playing professionally and um, at high levels as well. So um, yeah, I mean, those are still areas I want to improve on, but I think I've improved a lot on since um, I did that interview. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the word confidence. One of the things that uh, Jared, myself and Luis have noticed about a lot of teams is that when the keeper comes out as like this confident force, the whole team gains confidence. And you know that, I know, you know, that um, because you've, you know, you've been a student of the game and we saw a difference when we had a, a, a keeper come on partway through the season at the Republic, his confidence transmitted, translated into his back lines confidence. Um, it's just amazing. And I like, I like what you just said there. And ha- so when you come on that way, do you think you've changed the mentality of your team? Yeah, I think I really noticed it a lot um, playing for Cal Storm this last season. I came in just fresh off of my season in Israel. So 
that was good, just already kind of being in that game-ready shape. And then um, just being in that home environment, too, really pumped me up for the game. So I noticed uh, when I was playing uh, in those games, whether it was the first half, second half, or the full match, that I tried to make my presence known and just tried to give uh, my back line some relief as far as them knowing, like, if something happens where they miss a tackle or they're over-rotated and the ball gets in behind something, like, I would be there and have their back as the best I that I could. And just, like, helping them as far as communicating with them where they should be um, and working that up the line as far as the midfield and forward line. So just making sure my presence is known even – if I don't have a game where I get a lot of action, just staying involved. So I noticed that a lot uh, with Cal Storm, um, just because I think I had a I had a really good season. It was nice seeing the accolades kind of come in towards the end from the WPSL, which was um, just really nice to see. Like my hard work was paying off, and of course the defense was there with me every game too. So it was great to see that. Um, so that kind of set me up here, just being. Uh, coming off of a really great season with Cal Storm and just knowing that I can be confident in myself, even in a new environment, I'm still playing the same position, playing the same game. So just sticking with what I know and adjusting to a new team, new players, but still making sure my presence is known and being that backbone for the team. If the ball goes back in, in the net and it's a goal, that's all right. We can move on from it. It happens if I let myself kind of sink down and think about that, then I feel like that energy kind of goes into the rest of the team. So I'm just trying to have a quick memory. Something happens, just try to keep pushing them forward. Um, And then if we have a good game, just keep pushing them forward the same way. Yeah. Ted Lasso says you got to be a duck where it's (laughs) like, you don't have any, the memory is gone. So, and, and here's something, and I don't know if you agree or disagree and it's a little controversial, but I don't care. Hope Solo had that same mentality of that confidence, that incredible confidence. And I haven't seen it again in the U.S. Women's National Team. I don't know about Alyssa. I don't know what kind of confidence she has because she's hard to read with respect to that just as a spectator. But I totally miss that, you know, that keeper confidence that like, you know, nothing. I'm invincible. I'm the wall. I'm, you know, the biggest business out there kind of thing. So, um I, I don't I know you probably can't say anything about that, but for the US women's national team, but do you think that they need a little more confidence in the keeper area? Yeah, I mean I, I think there's different types of goalkeepers. You have the ones like Hope Solo where they're a little more out there with their personality, which can have some faults, uh maybe outside outside of the pitch. Um but yeah, I mean she was definitely a goalkeeper that everyone noticed right away. Like they she had a presence about her and her defense respected her and were confident in her. And she was one of the best goalkeepers in us soccer history. Um, and with listen there, like, I think she's a really talented goalkeeper. She's able to come in clutch. Um, but I think because maybe she's a bit more reserved um, when she makes mistakes or things like that happen, then people are like, well, she just doesn't really have that same presence that hope solo had and, you know, the team's just not the same. Like there's no goalkeeper like that right now. Um, so I think it just depends kind of on the the type of the, the person that goalkeeper is, you know, they say we're crazy and maybe people show that in different ways. 
Um, for me, like I tend to be a bit more reserved, but in the game, like I can kind of flip the switch uh, for for certain situations. Um, and I think you kind of have to um, just as far as uh, building confidence with your team, like knowing, oh, like nothing's going to get by her. She's kind of crazy. And then the other team's kind of thinking the same thing, like, oh, I don't want to get close to her. She's going to probably punch me or something bad's going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> But um, no, it, it just kind of depends, like the the attitude and energy you want to resonate within yourself and then put out there too. Um, I don't want to do like for me personally, I've never been the type to really like trash talk or like get in people's faces, anything like that. Um, if I do make a comment, it's probably like more sarcastic or just like under my breath type of thing, just to get like a little jab in there. But I, I try to let my play do the talking to be like cliche a bit. But um, like if I step up for a penalty kick, I'm not going to like do anything crazy. Like I'm just going to kind of get in my routine. I don't want them to change up what I'm doing and then make the save. And then I'm like, there you go. Just walk off. That's how it's done. Hey, head up, shoulders back always. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's really good mentality to have. And, you know, that's why your career has brought you to where you're at now. And, and I have no doubt about it that you're just going to keep going up uh, f- from here as well. So last question, and I got to bring this up because I am also a lifelong learner and you know, I'm always interested in what people are trying to do with their degrees. But we, we know you got a, a criminal justice corrections and a law legal studies degree at Portland State. So well, how do you plan to utilize those and you know what what do you have in mind for that? Yeah, I think uh my goal um initially with my degree was to go to law school and that's still what I'm thinking, but in terms of what area of law I've wanted to go into has changed a bit. Um initially it was like criminal law and then I was like, oh, I'm not really into that as much as I used to. So then it was kind of more business real estate, but now I've I've gotten more experience playing um, overseas and internationally. I kind of want to see how law could take me kind of more into the field of like sports management or um, like marketing, like as an agent. Um, having that legal background can be helpful with contracts, um, whether you're an agent or um, just someone that is actually like writing up the contract itself. Um, and there's kind of there is a lack of women in sports in general and then especially for women's soccer um most of the agents or people involved in decision making are men um nothing wrong with that but I think there definitely should be more women especially like for myself uh when I do decide to stop playing um I have that experience of being a player and I think that could help me a lot um in that field just knowing um what other players go through trying to play professionally and what we um, kind of lack um, and what we should be getting a bit more. Um, So, I mean, I think I can kind of help uh, with that development as far um, as being maybe an agent or just some kind of like legal entity involved in sports for women. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love your brain, you know, and it sounds like you're, you're still as like Louise said, you know, a student of life and a student of things that experiences that you've had. 
you know, and, and we all appreciate that. And all the interviews that we've ever done, you know, these are, these are components we love hearing, um, you know, where people are headed in their, in their personal mind. Cause a lot of things sit, sit with us for a while and it starts to resonate and, you know, I, I love where you're headed. This is great. We all do, you know, and we, yeah. we also very much appreciate your time, Jared, you were going to say something. Uh well, I mean, I, I definitely appreciate it as far as the uh, the criminal justice portion, because I actually have a uh, cousin that lives up in uh, around Portland who is actually uh, with the uh, police bureau up there. I mean, she has uh, has worked in the uh, forensic department for quite a while. So and I know you've gone to Portland State. So, I mean, that's that's a great connection right there. I mean, it's always good to have a career. Uh, once uh, it comes time to hang the cleats up, I mean, hopefully that won't be for a while, but uh, wow. still, yeah. but still, I mean, that's definitely a great profession to get into. So that's, that's definitely an excellent choice there. Yeah. There's a lot of different things that I can do with it. Um, if I, in the end, don't decide to go to law school, then I still have that degree there and then uh, two different minors. So, um, and then I could also go more of the soccer route too. Um, like with coaching or training. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different things that I can do for sure. Absolutely. But right now we're loving the fact that you're, you know, you are between the pipes and, you know, working hard that way and, and learning that man. Now I just, I just hit a follow up for you on another social media platform. And it's like, Oh gosh, I'm, I'm so a fan, you know, Abby, um, so have really appreciated you stepping on and, uh, Luis and Jared, any, Closing remarks before we give a final thank you to Abby for today. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really awesome. Like I said earlier, just how how much uh, of a focus you have on the game, and you're really unlike other players that, that we hear of out there. And then uh, you know, just like when you were saying, other goalkeepers might be more uh, extra, and you know, you might even see some offensive words there, right? Because we we've heard them, and we've gone to games where you hear goalkeepers shout quite a few things, and I think just to have that mentality that like, you know, these defenders are there for you, right? Like they're the ones who help you shine, uh, especially in the moments where, you know, you're getting the other team pressing on you and you really want to make sure that defense is on point because as much as, you know, you do a lot of amazing saves, you know, there are some shots that are impossible to save, right? They're just really up to one corner and it's just basically impossible, I'd say. And so just just to know that you have that mentality in place, I think is really good. And, you know, hopefully you keep spreading that message along to other (laughs) goalkeepers and not just them. Right. But even other field players who also need to hear that and know that, you know, you always need to be there and make sure that no matter what happens, no matter how the game is, if you lose by a lot of goals, that there will always be another game. And, you know, it's always to have your head up and just we keep on going too. And, and I think a lot of Sacropolic players this season could have used some of your pep <laughs> talks for sure. Yeah. 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 I, abs- I mean, there's always going to be mistakes. Um, so, I mean, and people know when they make mistakes too. So of course, like it's good to have kind of those little conversations on the field where you're like, Hey, like you should have done this. You should have done this, but ultimately you're still teammates and you're going to be playing together for the rest of the game and then probably other games after that and training. So you got to be able to pick each other up and just be like, Hey, like you should have done this, but I know next time you'll be able to get that or, you know, whatever, just be motivational and just give, 
be able to give constructive criticism versus just criticism. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely an example we need more of. I mean, more, more substance over style. I mean, because really a lot, a lot of players, uh, both uh, men's and women's, I mean, a lot of them exuberate a whole lot of style, but then uh, fall flat in other fields. But, uh, I mean, fr- from how you describe things, I mean, you definitely have more of a substance over style uh, mentality, which which is great, especially for, like you said, for when there's times when someone falls down, just a way to pick them back up. I mean, you know, constructively. So that's definitely something that we need more of, not just in the soccer world, but in, in the sports world in general. So definitely keep that up. We want to see more of it and hopefully it becomes infectious. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, we definitely love to see it. So Abby, we've come to the end of our interview with you. We appreciate you signing on with us and and spending an hour with us, a little, about an hour. Yeah, thank you so much. That is a blessing for us. We appreciate you. We have nothing but the best and we can't wait to see you, you know, in the off season, come back here in the summertime kind of a thing. We look forward to hooking up with you. And if we ever do get goalie wars going or keeper wars, we will, um, you're our first contact, right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. You can add Any, me at the top of the list. <laughs> there you go. Any final words for your audience, for your listeners that you'd like to share with us before we say farewell? Um, just thank you guys for having me on the podcast. It's great what you guys are doing for uh, the soccer community in the Sacramento area. And uh, I'll say uh, all OM. I love it. Perfect. All right. On that note, Luis, Jared, let's say farewell to Abby. Let her get her sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. There's probably training set up and a wonderful croissant for lunch. <laughs> I had to say the word. I just had to say it. Au revoir et bonne nuit. Bonne nuit. Bonne nuit. Oh, bonne nuit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, th- thank you so much, Abby. Have a great night. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you guys again. That was great. Well, that was really awesome, right? Oh my God. Yeah. She's like one of my favorite. I love this interview. I, she's she's like right at the top of my, my fave <laughs> list. There's so many to be favorited, but man, she was great. I don't want to say the word William Bijev yet, but anyhow, she was great. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of great insight uh, be- between her, her days uh, playing for Portland uh, for the, uh, the Fighting Zebras and her times uh, abroad, both uh, past and present. So, I mean, it's definitely a great inter- interview. I'm, I'm, I'm glad she was able to make time to, to speak with us on all that. Oh, my God. Super literate and super smart and super, like, um, uh, what do you call, introspective? Man, you don't always uh, – not everybody will go there with you, but I – I was so glad she was willing to pull back the curtain, as I said, and and share with us some a lot of the behind the scenes thinking. She's she's a she's a good she's a keeper. Ah, oh, that was a good. Oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I meant that in not the goalkeeping way. <laughs> That's like we should have her as a, a periodic, you know, uh, guest on our show. She's she's pretty incredible. I would love to hear her interview other people. You know, like being one of the people that ask the questions. Yeah. It's so amazing. We ever interview other goalkeepers, right? Whenever we interview 
keepers from Republic Pass and keepers from the Central Valley and Sacramento area in general. Uh, that, that would be actually really, really interesting as well, right? Here, hear different keepers talk and you know, uh, hear all that would be kind of cool. Have like a keeper podcast episode. But I have to say, you know, like she she has a lot of great experience, right? She's been playing for a couple of teams now internationally as well. And I have no doubt that, you know, when she retires, you know, she's going to do really great in whatever profession she decides to do. Uh, but being a little biased here to this, our favorite sport, right? It would be really awesome for her to actually stay in the sport and do more in the in the community, right? Potentially, who knows, maybe even coach the storm right in, in the future yeah. like i i could see her as a really great coach right no matter where she's at because she already has a good understanding of the game and with at least maybe 15 more years of experience right that she'll probably get without a doubt uh, as a keeper that you know i i i have no doubts that she's going to keep learning more and she could really provide a lot of that experience to our communities <sighs> and not just the keepers but i think just to any player in general of the sport uh, out there in the area that she, she's going to benefit them a lot and and I'm really excited and that's why I was really happy to get her on here because you know from growing up in the Sacramento area to now playing in France playing in these really amazing stadiums that we see on TV and sometimes they seem surreal right it's it's got to be something else yeah and I I think she I think she's very um, knowledgeable of her potential and her influence but Abby if you're listening to this post interview wrap up, if you don't know already, you have so much influence that you probably aren't even aware you have. So just don't stop. If you ever needed a pump you up session, come back on to our podcast mm-hmm. and we're all there for you again. And as Luis said, it'd be fun to have you be a person that interviews other goalies. If we get them on the, the podcast, man, that would be a blast. That would be like, Keeper Wars, the mental version. That's that's actually a great idea. I mean, we, we would love to have her on, on for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to think about that too. Huh? Keeper Wars podcast version. Huh? Oh my God. Oh, be so... get, get Keeper Jeopardy as well with goalkeeping <gasps> questions. Oh, oh my, oh. that would be such <laughs> a blast, right? But then everybody, okay, so in order to kind of keep, would we have jello shots that they would have to prepare on their own to have in their own little <laughs> spot so that it <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to figure this one out. Too much imagination with, with us kids. Too much imagination. Yeah. So one final thing before we close out this episode. Uh, if you do not follow us on social media yet, please give us a follow. You can find us at State Republic 12 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as well. Uh, Also, if you didn't hear in the last episode, uh, you can actually now hear us on Facebook. They now introduced a podcast tab on there. So anytime we post an episode, I think within a matter of hours, uh, it generates an automatic post on our Facebook page. So if you want to listen to us on there as you scroll through your newsfeed on Facebook, then now you have that option. And now you can cancel your subscription to any other platform if you know you want to listen to podcasts on facebook so great stuff right there also we are going to start to do some live shows as i promised in a couple episodes ago so if you head on to our social media you'll actually be able to see a list of all the different live shows that we have scheduled out uh, it's my goal to get a good schedule out far in advance so you can make your plans maybe even a month ahead 
right? If you want to tune into a episode uh, that we do record live. So check that out. Our next one will actually be this Wednesday with Podcast Magic, Billion Vijev. So we should, uh, so please check that out if you'd like to. And also the other ones that we'll have planned, which th- there might even be one um, by Wednesday that we might even actually schedule out. So just check that out and, and we'll have a list. We're going to try and have a good diverse group from just different places, not just Republic, because we have talked a lot about Republic, but we're actually going to also focus on uh, the youth organizations, have some people that run those uh, organizations also on their live as well. So, and also if you have someone who maybe you're like, Hey, why don't we get this person on, send us a message and we'll try our best to get him on again. It doesn't have to be someone who's in the professional game, we want to talk to anyone, right? We're, we're, we're a grassroots podcast and we want to make sure that we talk to anyone who plays soccer. If, if it's someone, you know, who has a story to tell us about the sport in our area, then we definitely want to have them on and, and you know, definitely on a live show would be really neat as well. Great. Well, Jared, Sharon, uh, any final parting words here? Go RGV Toros and... Way to go, Oakland. Sorry, had to do that. Oh, my goodness. Can't leave this podcast without giving major props to Roro, Emra, um, you know, those two teams that helped us, our dreams come true since Sac Republic's not in the running any longer. We're just like, so wind in your sails, folks. Wind in your sails. We love you. And then keeping that in mind, uh, once again, for those that are that are following or not following uh, State Republic 12 yet, don't think that the memes start uh, start to end once uh, once we're not in the playoffs. Because thanks to last night's match against Phoenix with Roro scoring that goal, there's definitely some fresh memes that, that I've already put out there. So if, even if we're not in the playoffs, the meme team for State of Republic is. So be on the lookout for those if you have not already, because there's at least one that might be a little after dark, but at least just the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, once RGB scored that last penalty kick to seal their pass on to the semifinals, I, I, I had a feeling that maybe you already had them already created and you're like post, po- you had your finger ready to like <laughs> click <laughs> on that post button just to post them because you you're like in case this happens i want to just have it posted because i felt like once that happened and i went on facebook that's the first thing i saw in my news feed were your memes there so i already had one lined up i just needed the other image as far as this goes i already had the uh, how it started versus uh how it uh is now uh the first picture was actually taken right there from the match uh at from the uh the handball match. Uh, my friend up, up in Yuma, uh, Victor, uh, he actually took the picture uh, and it it basically summed up the emotion perfectly with, with how he took that picture. And then to see the uh, RGV tweet, uh, th- their image, as far as showing the score, I mean, that, that fit beautifully, especially having Rover right there on, to- on the top of the picture. So I, de- I definitely had that in mind. They had it ready to go. The, the other uh, memes that came across... You know, I just uh, kind of looked for examples and some of it wrote themselves. Yeah, it, it, it couldn't have been written any better with Roro scoring that goal. And and I, I'm with you, Sharon. It is really amazing to see our 2014 guys still, you know, playing at, at a top level, reaching the playoffs. And 
reaching the semifinals and pulling these like big surprises, right? That no one really expected them to be these uh, first place teams in these groups. And, you know, I think it just posed the question and why not bring someone from back in 2014 who's still active onto the squad, right? If anything, as a leader of sorts, uh, you know, who knows, right? There might be the, the right player from back then because they still have that mentality. And, you know, I'm just saying if it works out, all the fans would really love that. You know, talk about seeing a former player there. So I'm, I'm always all about bringing a former player who gave a lot to the club. And, you know, we'll see if that happens. We shall see. Once again, we really appreciated Abby coming on. Looking forward to some of our live shows coming up. Did I say the word million? Anyhow, and, you know, great weekend for some of the teams that we're now following in the USL Championship Series. And guys, have a wonderful Sunday. Go daylight savings time is now over. Woo! Ew. Yeah. Well, today was a good daylight savings time. You know, next year's and spring, not so great. But we got to sleep a little more, even though it didn't really feel like it. I know. <laughs> Right. Uh, well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to us and also for the support that you always give to us. And we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Okay, great. And in case we don't have any bloopers or any like extra material to show, um, we can have this. Just me just randomly talking here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, you, you don't always random talk. You're always very deliberate with everything you say Luis well except when you start rambling <laughs> yeah which there's an interview so I want to make sure it doesn't happen here so <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jared I think I think we all get to rambling when we're doing game recaps we're like you know because we have like this opinion this really strong opinion anyhow sorry Luis you wanted somebody to say something right are you going to do the intro right now or am I doing no, you do the joining. Welcome. To, okay, never mind. Go. <laughs> yeah, more material. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That was perfect. Okay. And Luis, you can cut me saying all those things out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. C- cut out as in like they go at the end of the show or... <laughs> <laughs> yes uh. it's like i'm already cheering her on it's like she's not even playing a match i'm cheering That's her way to go abby <laughs> all right so 